There's a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the buzzer! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. Over the summer, Muhlenberg College Athletics conducted an Athlete of the Decade contest. Over 30,000 votes were cast, and when the dust settled, we had two winners. Last week on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast, we talked to the female Athlete of the Decade, C.J. Greitzer from the class of 2014, a former women's soccer player. This week on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast, our guest is the men's athlete of the decade, baseball pitcher Matthew D'Ambrosia from the class of 2020. And now we welcome in our male athlete of the decade, Matthew D'Ambrosia. Welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast, Matt. Thank you for having me. So this summer, we had a athlete of the decade contest, and it, it was very popular. Over over 30,000 votes were cast, and you wound up winning it. How, how about that, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely kind of crazy. I mean, to even be considered was uh, a great honor, really cool, especially seeing some of the guys that were also in consideration that I saw play or have heard of before. So it was just cool to even be nominated, yet alone to win. Yeah, and we had a we had a big celebration awards dinner planned, but that got canceled uh, because of COVID. So you have to settle for this appearance on the podcast as your as as the prize. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but no, it, it was a lot of fun, uh, you, you know, to go from from week to week and and see how the contest turned out. And you know, we we talked to the women's winner, CJ Great, so she she will also appear on this podcast and it was interesting how in the women's contest the two finalists both played in the early part of the decade in the men's contest the, the two finalists just played last year actually so we're both actually still Muhlenberg students when when we started the whole thing but as you said a lot of lot of athletes that, that you saw play and that was a lot of fun I mean definitely it was a ton of athletes that I got to watch which was really cool just even really being in consideration was cool at the beginning and then I got so much support from my family and my friends my girlfriend uh kind of everyone just helping get the voting out there and getting people to vote for me which is really cool yeah also uh you know kind of neat that a a baseball player wanted being that baseball plays off campus and and is not you know for that reason probably doesn't get the attention on campus that maybe some of the other sports in consideration do yeah definitely I mean um, it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to get a field on campus. Hopefully someday that changes. But even playing off campus, I think the baseball team has gotten a lot of great support from the school in general and the community as a whole. Right. And uh, just talk about your uh, your whole experience playing baseball at Muhlenberg. You know, you, you pitched for the Mules for, for four years or as, as much of the fourth year as you could. And just talk about your whole experience, what you remember, whether it was on the field or, or just some of those moments behind the scenes that people don't really see. Yeah, well, so to start, I mean, when I was making my college decision, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. And during the recruiting process, Coach Gross made me feel like I definitely had a chance to play right away, which I really liked. So that was a big reason why I came to Muhlenberg. And luckily, I was able to get a, a lot of innings right from my freshman year and going on and a big part of the staff my entire four years which was really cool but I think uh the baseball program at Muhlenberg as a whole is very close we definitely like have had our ups and downs but as a unit I think our team is very close which was which made it very fun to play with all the guys and I mean from when I came in our freshman year we did not have a good year I think we finished maybe eighth in the conference something like that and then my sophomore junior year to be able to 
help us get to the playoffs was a really cool experience and kind of changed the way some people viewed the baseball team and the program as a whole. But I had a ton of fun playing with the guys, like on and off the field. It was just a great group and definitely a great uh, place to come play college baseball. But overall, it was a great experience for me. Yeah, and you mentioned making the playoffs your sophomore and and junior years. Of course, uh, senior year, the playoffs were canceled. The the sophomore year was an interesting experience because you were actually on the mound at Franklin and Marshall when Muhlenberg clinched the playoff spot. And and that was kind of a a strange ending to that game. Yeah, that was definitely one of my uh, more memorable moments at Muhlenberg was we had to get one more out for the game to be considered official, and they called the rain delay, so we were stuck on the bus for about an hour, and uh, we were able to fix up the field quick enough to, to finish out that one out to uh, clinch the playoffs. Not maybe ideal for how you'd want to clinch a playoff spot, but certainly uh, with, with a muddy field, and uh, I, I think F&M also sent up a, a pitcher as a pinch hitter, because yeah. they had already clinched the playoff berth, and it was kind of humorous uh, for both teams. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting way to make it, but I, we beat your sinus the next day to make it yeah, a little more official too. So There you go. But, but in terms of memorable games, I'm sure that has to, has to stand out for you, um, maybe for its significance and, and maybe for its oddity. But in, in terms of performance, you, you know, what turned out to be your last game, where, where you struck out 21 batters a, against Leslie on, on the team's uh, spring break trip to Florida this past year. That has, you know, it's, it's, it's more than six months removed from that now. Have you had a chance to, to reflect on that performance and, and just, just the magnitude of, of striking out 21 batters in one game? Uh, I'd say maybe a little bit, but I don't know. It just all kind of happened so fast. I mean, I remember going into the game, I honestly, I felt like, okay, I didn't feel great. And then the next day we found out that the bullpen mound was actually five feet further than the regular mound. Um, <laughs> but then just kind of going through the game, I felt pretty good the whole time. And it never really like, popped into my head, like, the, like how many I actually had until like we got to the last two innings. And I, I think I struck out either five or six in the last two and got to 21. But it was funny in the dugout, every time I came back in, they're like, oh, you can't get to like whatever number. Like, you can't get to 15. You can't get to 17. So it was kind of fun with the guys in the dugout kind of pushing me on. But I never really considered ever striking out that many guys and it kind of just happened so fast it was a really cool like experience and great thing to reflect on and then it was just kind of crazy because everything just got shut, shut down so fast right after kind of like kind of faded pretty quick but it was an unbelievable experience and never really thought that would happen but it was a great game for me yeah i mean you uh you majored in accounting and you know you're about to go into a, accounting as a as a career obviously you don't keep the stats in your head as as games going along but but you have to have some kind of feeling that they hadn't hit a lot of balls <laughs> yeah i know um because i broke the career record i think it was in the third inning so i knew i was at where, where i was at then and then i was honestly wasn't really thinking about it but every time i came to dug out the guys were kind of telling me where i was at kind of kept pushing me <laughs> <laughs> just like they're supposed to right yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then now that was your uh, second game of, of, of more than, of at least 15 strikeouts. You, your sophomore year, you had a 15 strikeout game against Dickinson uh, under very different weather circumstances, for sure. Yeah, I remember that one pretty vividly, too. That was, I remember it was like, I think it was like 30 degrees. We had to go play offside at MSI because our um, field wasn't in shape ready to play. And that was also pretty quick game it was zero zero we won on a walk-off i remember uh, brendan hit a walk-off that game and that uh that was also another great game for me but honestly when you like strike out that many guys you kind of don't really think about it too much until like you get towards the later innings and you 
or like your teammates are kind of telling you where you're at. You're kind of just focused on getting guys out. And uh, usually if you have that many strikeouts in the game, your stuff's kind of just working and it kind of just, just happens. Right. And I mentioned earlier that 21 strikeout game that that wound up being your last game that you pitched. Uh, the team came back from Florida, and then you were scheduled to pitch that weekend. Muhlenberg was scheduled to play uh, Elmira on Friday and, and Middlebury on Saturday. And it was right around that time towards the end of that spring break trip where, you know, we heard the news that teams were starting to cancel their seasons and their trips. I imagine if, uh, I, I won't say if, but when Hollywood makes a movie about the game that you pitched, you, you probably would have had some premonitions, right? That that, that might be your last game. Uh, you know, obviously no no indication of that in, in real life, but just the whole thing about, you know, playing every game as if it might be your last. I mean, you're, you're kind of a poster boy for that now. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it was kind of, cr- it was crazy how quickly everything got shut down. I mean, we were all, we all, once everything kind of started being in talks about schools, canceling classes and going online, we were kind of getting worried. And then, we kind of knew Elmira was going to be our last game at home, so we're kind of looking forward to that. Unfortunately, they canceled their season, and we canceled ours, so we never got to play that. So we never really got the final chance to play all together knowing it was our last time, but Florida was definitely a great experience, and I'm just happy we were able to get that in because I know a lot of teams and people I'm friends with that didn't even get to do their spring trips or were on their way and had to come home, so just grateful we were at least able to play that uh, spring trip. Yeah, and, and for uh, again, for not knowing... Uh, that it was going to be your your final appearance, certainly to pitch that way, that has to at least give you a, a, a great lasting memory of of your Muhlenberg baseball career. Yeah, it was definitely a, a great way to uh, go out and definitely memorable for myself. I, I know the baseball team ha- has a saying: "The show goes on." Uh, that um, we uh, we we surveyed all the players for uh, you know all the seniors, all the graduating seniors, and and that came up pretty frequently. What? <laughs> What's the origin of that? Can you tell us a little bit about that expression? It was kind of just a joke between the guys from uh, the movie Wolf of Wall Street when he, he says he's not leaving. He's like, the show goes on. So I think it was either Max Krinsky, Bill Britt, one of those guys, they, they just kind of started saying it and just kept going. And Krinsky would yell in the dugout all the time, the show goes on, regardless of kind of what was happening. So it's kind of a running joke on our team. And that took, I guess, took on a little bit more meaning once the, once the show stop and, and wasn't going on anymore but more of kind of you know maybe in terms of of the friendship that you guys keep even after your your playing days are over yeah for sure i think our team was definitely very good at kind of like letting things go like if we had a bad loss or anything we'd kind of move on pretty quickly and that was kind of our our thing just like kind of keep it moving and whatever happens just kind of go from there so now you graduated in in may virtually next month you're about to start work for price waterhouse coopers and yes very important question for you, Matt. Why is that all one word? Uh, to be honest, not really sure. <laughs> uh, maybe that's one of the first things they'll teach you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but tell us a little bit about the job you'll be doing and, you know, where, uh, how you're preparing and, and where you plan on, on going. So I'll be working for them in uh, Florham Park, New Jersey as a audit associate starting off my first year. So I interned with them. The previous summer and was lucky enough to get a full-time job offer so i'm excited to start there in the fall and leading up to it i've been studying for my cpa the four different parts i already took one of them haven't found out the results yet but i'm still studying for the other parts right now and hopefully to continue to knock some of those out before i start but definitely excited to get going and kind of begin my like career and life after college when did you get your job offer it was in August of last summer, so right after the internship ended, I received my full-time offer, which was cool, going into senior year, knowing I had a job, and just 
to kind of relax a little bit on that end. Yeah, that, that had to have helped, uh, as you saw, many of your classmates maybe uh, and teammates maybe stress and worry about what was coming next. That, Like you said, you were able to relax your senior year knowing that you had something to, to go to after college. Yeah, definitely, especially with the pandemic kind of hitting and all the jobs kind of getting shut down. I know for a lot of guys that I know, it's definitely tough to try and kind of find something, especially later in the year when everything's shut down. Right, and you mentioned that you'll be working in Florham Park office so are you going to be going there in person is it going to be remotely is it going to be a combination to start we're going all remote so i'm not sure how long that'll last or what the long-term plan is but i know for the first couple weeks to months i'll be uh, working remote and and i imagine this summer you've been uh, you've been watching the abbreviated major league baseball season i have been for the most part big yankees fan so it's been a tough little stretch for us with all the injuries and kind of the high hopes for the year, but they're they're slowly coming back and I think they'll make the playoffs and hopefully get on a little run. As the standings are today, they're they have a pretty good hold on uh on a playoff spot and, and and you mentioned all the all the injuries. Just wanted to get your opinion on some of the, the strange stuff we've seen this year in in Major League Baseball uh, and, and how you feel about it. First, the universal DH. Now, as a Yankees fan, you're probably used to the DH. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I like it. I mean, I, when I was, pitch, I was a pitcher, so I stopped hitting like my sophomore year <laughs> of high school. So I think it definitely adds to the game a little bit, having a more competitive lineup all throughout the National League, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, and of course, in, in, in college, uh, you, you, are, you always pitched against the lineup that, that had a DH. You never... You never had the the easy out of the of the other team's pitcher. How about how about uh, seven inning games and doubleheaders? How do, how do you feel about that? Definitely weird to know that. I mean, two innings as we've seen can change a lot. So I mean, it, it is good for the pace of play. People who don't fully enjoy watching like an entire nine inning baseball game it definitely speeds it up a little bit. But I think it does take away a little bit from the game because I've seen so many games change in those last two innings. So definitely. Definitely weird to see. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing in the Centennial Conference where you played, you know, college baseball is that the Centennial Conference plays two nine-inning games in, in doubleheaders. Many college conferences do play two sevens, but, but you're used to kind of two nine-inning games in, in a doubleheader, which might, might make you have, have a different perspective on that than uh, perhaps people who played at places where they were used to having, playing two sevens. Yeah, I mean, the Centennial does do the not two nines, which... As from I can tell you from experience, it is a very long day, a lot of baseball. So I do understand them going to the two sevens, especially trying to get all the games in and keep everyone kind of healthy and not have the games go way too long. How about the extra inning rule with starting starting an extra inning with a runner on second? How do you feel about that? Not a huge fan of that, just because again, like that changes the game completely. Having guys start right up on second base, I do again understand it, trying to speed up the games and everything, keep it moving, but. Some of the rules do kind of change, I think, some of the outcomes of the games. All right. And, and last and, and most important, the cardboard cutouts in the stands. At Yankee Stadium, they don't have cardboard cutouts, right? No, I don't think they do. But I do I do like them. I think it's cool. I mean, viewing on TV, you don't really notice the crowd being gone too much. Even like watching all the NFL games yesterday, you kind of don't really think about it. But I do like the cardboard cutouts. Uh, it gives you a little bit of a feel, making it seem like some people are there. <laughs> Yeah, well, why, why don't the Yankees do that? I have no idea. Honestly, it's probably just their uh, their whole like policy being, I don't know, um, I don't really know how to describe it, like 
just the like whole like thing about being like a classy organization or very professional, like the no beards or anything. So maybe that's just their stance on it. Not too sure. All right. I have to tell the Yankees to lighten up a little bit, right? <laughs> it's all it's all in good fun. Yeah. All right, Matt. So uh, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. And we like to end with all of our guests with a, a few getting to know you type questions. So let's let's roll through these. Uh, first, what is your favorite quote? Uh, I would say a uh, quote my dad used to say before I pitched every time. He'd say, uh, breathe, visualize, focus every time before I went out and took the mound. Baseball is a big one physical game, but it's a huge mental game. And if you're not mentally like strong or in it, you're going to have a tough day. So like, he always preached to me from a young age the mental side of sports more so than the physical so he would always tell me to breathe visualize focus every time took the mound it kind of got me in the right mindset to make sure i was just kind of focused and locked in ah that 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 appears to have worked for you um who did you see at your first concert i saw it was morgan wallen sam hunt luke bryan and john party all at a big concert at metlife Okay, so I guess we don't have to ask what kind of music you enjoy. Uh, pr- pr- pretty obvious. Big country music fan? I do like country, but I do like hip-hop rap. I, I like a lot of stuff. Who inspires you to be better? I would say both my parents. Uh, from a young age, I saw them both kind of run their own business and saw how hard they worked. So I think that work ethic kind of came easy for me. And just seeing them still working hard and doing everything they can to be successful makes me want uh, to kind of follow in the same footsteps and continue to work in hard. And what is your favorite movie? Ooh, that's a tough one. I might have to go with the other guys. Not, not a baseball movie? No. <laughs> All right, and, and then last question for you, Matt. If you could sit down for a meal with any person, past or present, who would it be? Hmm. I'd probably have to go... I was thinking about this. Either, I was thinking either Jeter or Kobe Bryant, but I'd go with Kobe Bryant. I think he was probably the hardest working athlete I've ever seen. I think it'd be really cool to kind of talk to him and pick his brain about uh, what made him work so hard and just kind of all the stories he has and experiences. It'd be really cool to just kind of talk to him. All right. Well, uh, thanks for talking with us, Matt. Uh, enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Uh, and, and good luck in your as you begin your, your job at uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, starting next month. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. The Muhlenberg Mules Podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg Office of Athletic Communications with Joe Widener, Zoe Keim, and Marty the Mule. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or call our pod line at 484-664-4001 and leave a message. We will answer questions in future episodes. The Muhlenberg Mules Podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College Athletics, please follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S and show your support for Muhlenberg College Athletics by participating in the Muhlenberg Virtual Golf Classic. For details, visit MuhlenbergSports.com slash golf 2020. Until next week, go Mules! Mules.